Today our sermon takes us to 1 John chapter 2, verses 28 through chapter 3, verse 10. You can follow along in the bulletin as parts we're going to look at bits and pieces as we kind of unravel what John is saying. Now, if you like John like I do, and the people who are studying Revelation on Tuesdays have found out, John likes to overlap things. He makes a statement, he goes back, and he repeats, or he makes it deeper, and that's what he does, that's what he did last week, and that's what he does today. Doing what comes naturally is how I title this part. God's true nature is light. As John testifies, there is no darkness in him. His true nature is truth, and his true nature is righteousness. Wherever and whenever God acts in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, he acts according to his nature or his essence, both the same. He reveals himself through his actions. In the Old Testament, we see that God raises the hearts of the weak and defends the widows and the orphans. He defeats nations for his love, for Israel, whom he has chosen. And in the New Testament, we see him take little children in his arms. Children who at that time were despised and could be gotten rid of by their parents, either by killing them or even giving them away. He's on the side of the children. He heals the sick and the blind, as we see today in our gospel. And he leaves the Jewish leaders alone. We see God's true nature in his actions. He reveals his true nature completely in offering up his son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, as an atoning sacrifice for sinful mankind. We, however, as we say in some renditions of our confession, are by nature what? Sinful and unclean. Our true nature is sinful. The essence of what we do begins and flows out of a sinful heart, out of a sinful nature. As began in the Garden of Eden, our true nature is rebellion against God and all authority that would prohibit us from doing what we want to do, when we want to do it, and how we want to do it. We show our true nature in rebelling against God, doing what we want, doing what comes naturally. Our true nature seeks after a God who agrees with us and our standards, who agrees with our assessment of the world around us and does not judge me for my actions. That's the God we really want. Our true nature, born in sin, is to usurp God as God and proclaim ourselves sovereign. Let our judgments be true. Let our truth reign. And in so doing, as John points out earlier, we make God out to be a liar. Whereas God's true nature is light, ours is darkness. Our flesh, our nature, cannot act contrary to our nature. This is the dilemma that we find ourselves in when we're in darkness and far from the light. And if we were not for God acting out of his true nature, we would never be in the light. 
we would never know what sin is were it not for God and his word. We would not be able to stand before God who is in the light. And so, as John teaches us about God's action to make us his children through forgiveness and eternal life, we still have a problem of sin and temptation to walk in darkness. But thanks be to God, who in Christ is the living action and embodiment of God's love. Christ is the Word made flesh. That is, Christ is the living, visible embodiment of the essence of God, the Father. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 says it like this. After God spoke long ago and in various ways to the prophets, in these last days he has spoken to us in a son. The son is the radiance of his glory, Hebrews says, and the embodiment of his essence. In other words, God is not just words. What is God's true action that flows from his true nature? We see it all over the Bible. It's forgiveness. It's love. It's righteousness. This is who God is by nature. In other words, by nature, he, not can, he cannot be anything else than what he is. He is, as he says in, the, in Genesis, he is who he is. He cannot act contrary to what he is. And that is love and forgiveness and promise and eternal life. His actions are seen in baptism. The anointing that we talked about last week is his proof, his seal of his love and his promise. God gathers the penitent sinner up into his grace through his son, through his word of forgiveness and promise of eternal life made flesh. And God, out of love, creates our new life in Christ. Not from the old stuff, not renewing, but from the resurrected life of Christ, we, along with Christ, are the new creation. Paul says it clearly in Romans 6, verses 3 and 4. Or do you not know that as many of you as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may live a new life. So it is by faith in the Son of God that the true Christian receives the gift of baptism and the gift of being in the life with sins forgiven. In this baptism, God resides in us, as John has said, and we in him, we are truly a new creation. John writes to us as children now in our passage today. Listen to the different nuance. Little children. Now, he's not talking to Serenthus. He's not talking to the false prophet. He's talking to those who believe the teachings of Christ and hold to that confession. Little children, see what sort of love the Father has given to us that we should be called God's children. And indeed we are. Our new nature as his children is a gift from the Father because he alone is the gift giver, the one who shares his life with us and brings us into the light. 
This is who we are. But what does that look like? This is our nature. But how is it revealed in us to be God's children? Well, remember back in chapter 2, verse 6, we have this kind of disturbing verse in a way when John says who we are in the light ought to walk as Jesus walked. Well, now in this section, John wants to go back to that verse and he wants to take it a little bit further. He wants to unpack it a little bit more. What is it to walk as Jesus walked? John explains it here in our text. We are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that whenever it is revealed, we will, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. His resurrected body, the triumphant Christ the one who knows no death, and we will be like him. How does John connect these two? One, walking as Jesus walked, and we will be like him because we will see him just like he is. When our sinful nature is finally finished, and dead, and gone, in the grave, when we are no longer tempted by sin or selfish actions, when we, as the new creation in Christ, live forever sin-free, revealing our true new life and our perfect nature in light as he is in the light. We are forgiven as he has forgiven us our sins. But today we begin our walk in that new nature. And when Christ returns, we live in it forever. But until that day comes, when our true new nature in Christ is revealed and we live for eternity, it is seen in this world by him residing in us, by him dwelling in us through baptism, the anointing God has chosen this, to live in you and me, to reside, to dwell, to tabernacle, to take up residence. This means that we do not live according to the world, but rather the world sees God's love through us, through you and through me. And this, John says, is what the world hates because it judges them, it convicts them, it causes them to know that there is something different other than themselves in the world. They live lawlessly. They don't know God. But God's children live, and they know God's law of love. To walk in love is to walk as Jesus walked. That is, to reveal to the world who God is by nature and what he has done through Jesus Christ. John tells his congregations and us that the, the proof of the true Christian, then, is his or her nature as new creation in Christ. First part of the proof? that we are born of Christ in the light, which results in the second part, living in love, which is the God's guide, the guide of love. Faith, your core value, always paves the way for your actions. Faith, your core value, your guide, always paves the way for your actions. Your actions always reflect 
what your core value is, what you have at heart, the reason that you live. So John tells his congregation the true nature of a person can be seen, but actions reveal what dwells or resides in them. While we don't see the faith, we see the actions. You can't see God's nature. Old Testament says nobody has seen God. But you can see his image as he reveals himself in love through Christ. We recognize Jesus as the Messiah not by seeing his nature, but by witnessing his actions and fulfillment of the prophets who were sent by God the Father. So it was as Judas, who was a self-identified as a follower of Christ, accepted by the disciples, who couldn't see his faith until he betrays the Savior. For what was in his heart? 30 pieces of silver. So it is with you and me. And so it is with Serinthus, those people at the time that John is writing his letter. The first century Christian cannot see Serinthus' nature, but his nature is revealed through his actions. So it is today. We cannot reject another's self-identification as a Christian. But we surely want to question it and where the person's heart is at if they support vigilante justice for self-gain or acts, uh, actors on the silver screen who sell themselves out in scenes that do not bring glory to God. Well, it's their profession. But it's their faith. Or the person who steals or perhaps takes lives justifying it based on their need and situation. Serenthus and his followers and any other person that's self-identifying as a Christian recreate truth and justice in their own image, justify themselves and deny their sins. Their actions reveal their true nature. John teaches in reality then that their nature and their essence is one with Satan, the devil, the father of all lies, the father of all deception, makes himself visible through the actions that take on in this world. Residing in them, the father of all lies, who denies Jesus is the Son of God, who denies sin, who invents their own truth. So John says the one who practices, who practices sin is of the devil. That bothers us too. The one who practices sin. Do I practice sin? Here again, we see the importance of John's words. To practice sin, John is saying the word meno, to remain or to dwell or to actively cultivate that sinful life. You cultivate a sinful life if you find excuses all the time for your actions or dismiss sinful lifestyles as by thinking that oh, God knows my situation or justify our actions against what God's moral code is because, well, I'm a sinner and God made me that way. So John teaches, in reality, the devil, Satan, resides in the false Christian who says one thing and lives and cultivates a lifestyle of something contrary to what God's righteous life and love is. but rather what they do in intentionally cultivating it 
They actually do what comes naturally, cultivating the sinful nature. Because you can't do anything else unless God has called you and chosen you and dwells in you. They're doing what comes naturally. Sin dwells in them. Sin, as a part of our lives, we do what comes naturally, but we don't cultivate it. In cultivating, denying the truth, their sin, making God out to be a liar, they're doing what comes naturally. You know, a story comes to mind about the frog and the scorpion. The frog and the scorpion. The frog and the scorpion around the, the edge of the river. You've probably heard this many times as an analogy. And the scorpion wants to get across the river, and so he asks the frog, take me over on your back. And the frog says, no, because in the middle of the river, you're going to sting me, and I'll die. And the scorpion says, yeah, but if I sting you, I'll drown too. Huh. Well, frog says, yeah, I guess so. I promise I'm not going to. You have my word. In the middle of the river, the scorpion stings the frog. The frog dies, and as the scorpion's going down too, the frog says, why? And the scorpion says, I'm a scorpion. It's my nature. I do what comes naturally. Although a person may self-identify as a Christian, their nature will always be revealed through actions. It's not a matter of intelligence. It's not a matter of choice, simply. You do what comes naturally. You, you can't believe one way and act another. That's why when John at the beginning of his passage says, we will be like Jesus because we will see him just as he is, is because we have the seed of Christ. Important word. We have the seed of Christ. This isn't a corn seed. This isn't the seed that the sower in the parable of the sower goes around planting. It's so intimate. We have, John says, the sperm of God the Father. The DNA, the new life, born anew. In other words, we are his offspring through Christ Jesus. Everyone who has been fathered by God, John says, God's seed resides in him. Means that by our nature, we can't. We have to have his seed in order to live and walk and follow Jesus. The Christian is a new created, created in the image of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and will conform to his image because by their new nature, this is who they are. In his teaching, Luther expresses it this way, Christians are little Christs to their neighbor. They're little Christs to their neighbor. Therefore, when Christians walk as Jesus did, it's not that we have to labor and we have to try to love our neighbor because we really don't want to, but the Bible says we have to. It's not a have-to thing. This love and forgiveness is something which flows naturally. Doing what comes naturally because we have been created new. Doing what comes naturally because we have been forgiven and shown mercy by God the Father. The Christian walking as Jesus did is something that we do naturally. 
You see this in the judgment scene in the Gospel of Matthew, where neither the goats on the left nor the sheep on the right know what they have done. The goats didn't visit Jesus. They didn't feed the hungry. They didn't do this and therefore pass on to condemnation. Whereas the sheep, when did we see you? When did we give you food? When did we bring you or visit you in jail? For as many of you have done this to my brethren have done it unto you. No knowledge. Natural. That is what John means when he writes, the person who says that they are in the light ought to walk as Jesus did. That ought does not mean we should as if it were something that was a good idea, uh, knowing that we really can't. That Greek word ought means obligated, but obligated in the sense that if you walk in the light, you cannot help but to walk as Jesus did. You cannot act differently because it is in your nature. In other words, it is only the natural, only natural for the person who says that they are a Christian to walk as Jesus did. Because the seed of Christ dwells and resides in them. But pastor, I don't always love it as Jesus loved. I don't always do the things that Jesus did. Sometimes that little word ought accuses me and reveals to me that at times I do not walk according to my true nature in Christ. Am I of a different seed? Do I need to worry? Am I not in the light? And John is so beautiful and he's so loving because he's guiding us back. Remember when he says, your walk in the light began at baptism where God put you in the light through the forgiveness of sins of Jesus Christ. Here through water and word, you're created anew. This seed dwells in you and you hold on to this gift and you remain in him. And like children, you learn to walk in him. As John writes, what we will be has not been yet revealed because we are still in mortal flesh and sinful flesh. Yes, we still have in our flesh our old nature, that which sins, that which drives us to temptation, that which needs forgiveness, and that which always needs the blood of Christ to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not a day goes by when we stumble. We constantly need it. We constantly need forgiveness to drown that old nature and bring forth the new nature. That's why John says, I write these things to you children in case that you do sin. To know that we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He who confesses their sins will be cleansed of all unrighteousness. Paul puts it this way. I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see a different law in my members waging a war against the law in my mind, making me captive to the law of sin in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. As children of God, our walk in love as Jesus walks includes confession, includes forgiveness of sins. That's why we're here to call us back 
to walk as Jesus did. In this life, in this world, dominated by the prince of darkness, this is our walk. That we live as living testimonies of who God is and revealing that love in Jesus Christ to those who remain cultivating sin in their lives out of ignorance, calling them to repentance and the knowledge of salvation. May we ever walk with Jesus and do what comes naturally as Christians. Amen.